Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A Camp Catastrophe. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Off of State Route 17 in the Catskill Mountains of New York, there's a summer camp. It looks like you might imagine a vacated summer camp looks like. Green hills, rundown cabins, campy signage, and overgrown trails. But this isn't some typical wet, hot American summer type nostalgia. This is the old home of America's longest-running weight loss camp for kids. Between 1968 and 2021, the camp took in thousands of kids. Some lost weight, some found love, but others endured injuries, assault, and trauma on a whole other level. This is the story of Camp Shane. A lot of information from this episode came from this incredible piece on the camp in Bloomberg Businessweek by David Gavi Herbert. Please go check it out. There are photos and more quotes. It's awesome. Super comprehensive if you want to hear more. To tell this story, though, we need to go back to 1923. That's when Selma Ettenberg was born in Brooklyn to immigrant Jewish parents. She was smart and beautiful, observant and ambitious, but was not allowed to attend college like her older brother. Instead, Selma married a soft-spoken kind of pushover guy named Irving and had three kids, Leslie, David, and Diana. Selma was toughest on David, who was smart and attractive, charismatic. She didn't want to replay her own childhood, though, so she was tougher on David. She overdid it, says Leslie Weinberg, the eldest of the Edinburgh kids. Apparently, inside David's closet, there was a small sign that used to read, More than any other, I hate my mother. In the mid-1960s, Selma took a summer job as a director of a weight loss camp for girls in upstate New York. She'd struggled with her own weight as a child and was passionate about her role. She fed campers veal and raw vegetables and advised them to chew slowly and outlawed eating after 5 p.m. Every night she noticed the girl's favorite activity, many girls' favorite activity at that age, was gossiping about boys. They were frustrated into a state of hunger, she would later say to press. So Selma would open her own camp, a co-ed diet camp. She asked two girls at her current camp what they thought. While they were skeptical, in the minds of these mid-century teens, boys trying to lose weight was better than no boys at all. At that time, the Catskills resort industry was in decline. 
but new entrepreneurs were moving in. And in 1968, Selma and Irving spent their life savings on a $50,000 down payment for a bungalow colony in upstate New York. When Selma showed off the wooded wonderland to her family, her mother exclaimed, Shane, beautiful in Yiddish. So they named it Camp Shane. When it opened, the fee was $1,000 for seven weeks. The program was pretty straightforward. 1,400 calories a day, lots of exercise, and a 12-foot surrounding fence to keep kids from bursting out to find food. Simple. There was normal camp stuff, swimming, archery, soccer, and not-so-normal camp stuff. A three-mile-long morning hike led by Selma herself for the bad kids. A dining hall at the top of a steep hill former campers recall struggling to climb up after meals. And at Camp Shane, hookups were encouraged. Selma dispatched a nookie patrol of casual flashlight-toting counselors, but in reality, Selma loved the gender dynamic and knew it fueled weight loss. There was a sense of us getting slimmer and more handsome, a former camper named Alan Pfeiffer warmly remembers. It was happening before our eyes. Alan was 14, and when he attended the camp in 1971, he lost 38 pounds. He also kissed a girl named Ruth Fisher under a tree. They've now been married for 40 years. The early newspaper ads for the camp read like adult weight loss commercials. The biggest word is overweight at the top of the ad, and it shows a boy like grimacing broadly in shorts, but the shorts are weight loss style, huge, and he's pulling them and they're comically oversized to show how much weight he's lost. One of the bullet points in the ad boasts warm, fun, friendly, family run since 1968, superb weight losses, and exciting activities. This ad is a great example of how the camp was. A little warm, like Alan Pfeiffer memories, but mostly really hard. In some cases, excruciating and brutal. By the early 1970s, 175 children were attending each summer, hoping for a transformation. Quote, My mother, who couldn't cook a decent meal, made a fortune from not feeding children, her daughter Leslie says. Salma reported that kids lost an average of 35 pounds in seven weeks, essentially starving them. Campers fought back at the militant conditions by sneaking into the woods to gorge on wild berries. Sometimes people would toss takeout over the camp fence at them. On a pickup day, parents were known to walk right past their own kids and then burst into tears upon finally recognizing them. Camp Shane was at best a horrible crash diet, and kids often gained the weight back by Thanksgiving. The next summer, they'd be back to Camp Shane. Counselors, the camp's primary expense, were not above manipulation. Selma had always backloaded their pay with an end-of-season bonus. In the 1970s, she started a new tradition. As August approached, she fired counselors she didn't like, allowing her not to pay their bonus. After she fired a counselor and they lingered too long to say goodbye to their friends, she'd call the police and have them arrested for trespassing. Her daughter Leslie refused to work at the camp, but Selma's other two kids, now adults, did. David worked in the office and Diana worked in the kitchen. Eventually, David, who was an aspiring musician, was told to leave music and help his mom at the camp full-time. Begrudgingly, he agreed. That's what Selma was like. It was her way or the highway. Says Paul Kasnowski, whose dad sold her paint and carpet, she really was the most miserable fucking woman you ever wanted to meet, and just brilliant at what she did. Let's let that sink in and take a little break. It looks like fall is already here. People are headed back to school and the office. For me, I'm looking forward to the spooky season, and as usual, playing Best Fiends. Best Fiends is my go-to when I need a break from researching true crime and the paranormal. Best Fiends is that perfect travel companion for that much-needed break. You can take Best Fiends with you everywhere, and it doesn't require Wi-Fi, so no excuses. Collect more of your favorite cute characters as you try to defeat one more challenging level. 
I've personally made it past level 700, and Best Fiends has over 7,000 levels. So the fun is endless. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Every time you play, there's always something new to experience. Make the most of your downtime and spend some time with Best Fiends. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play for free today. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello. How are you? Hello. How are you doing? Are you okay? We're here to nurture you, so. Yeah, uh, welcome. Yeah. Welcome to this nurture zone. All shapes and sizes. Yeah. Because we're all shapes and sizes. We absolutely are. At any given time, a different shape. And a different size. Yeah. This morning, different. Yeah. Now, Now, different. Tonight, who the fuck knows? We want to say hello to everyone who's listening. Thank you to all of our patrons and to our government. Yes. We must pay tribute to our government. Always. Introducing the mayors. (laughs) Dara Rosenzweig. Hello. David Bull. Hello. James Harrington. Hello. Ashley Matson. Hello. And to our governor, <gasps> not Governor Orr. Govern, mm. I don't know. Avian Noble. Avian, hello. If you want bonus episodes, which we have a new one up right now, ready for you, hot, piping hot and ready. Mm-hmm. If you want early access with no ads or any of this chit chat, patreon.com slash ghost town pod. That's right. Full disclosure, we've been <laughs> traveling a lot separately. Yes. And... Doing this remote, sending each other stuff, mm-hmm. texting, mm-hmm. WhatsApping. No, we don't. We don't. WhatsApp. No, we don't. We smo app. Yeah, just, just we've been communicating. But mm-hmm. I had just I was in Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York for ten days mm-hmm. and seeing family, mm-hmm. reflecting. Absolutely, the content that I received on this trip was premium content. <laughs> it was incredible, unforgettable, a lot of fire. But one of the hot button items mm-hmm. is that I got some ink. <laughs> That's right. I got some work done, uh-huh. which involved some cover-ups, mm-hmm. some tattoo cover-ups. Mm-hmm. And I got them from somebody that I met through Ghost Town. Which is mind-boggling. And now I feel like I have to go to them and also get a tattoo. I'm tempted. How it played out is... I followed this person. I'll let you know who they are. Mm-hmm. And we with similar interest in music and stuff. And we talk about, you know, a little bit about Ghost Town, really about music. And then I was realized, I was like looking at tattoo. Play. It's hard to find a place to get a tattoo if you don't have a referral. Yeah. And that's what you want. And you want somebody who has, has the style and, and that the thing that you want. Mm-hmm. And 
this person had all that and then oh some. God. Oh my God. So we started talking. Didn't uh-huh. even tell my wife. She knew I was going to get some stuff, but we talked about it previous. She had no idea I got it until I got it. And I got it from Zach. His Instagram is Zach Trom. Maybe Zach Trauma. Mm. It's a cool street name. Or is his last name is Traum? Yeah. I'm not really sure. I thought it was just short for Trauma, like a cool street yeah. name, like a cool punk street name. Oh, I don't know. But his Instagram is Zach Traum at Z-A-C-K-T-R-A-U-M. And he works out of Moo Tattoo on South Street in Philly. Oh, my God. It's a hot, that's a hot street. You, you want to be somewhere in Philadelphia, like the cool street, uh-huh. like the St. Mark's or maybe the Melrose Avenue here. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But. but South Street is where you want to be. Zach, Moo Tattoo, check it out. Give him your money. He paid me. He paid you? Yeah. Wow. It's weird how that worked that out. Is Probably not going to do the same thing. Bad business model, Zach. And what I would do is periodically when he was giving me, because I went two separate times, so I got two separate pieces done. I kept checking in asking, am I punk yet? Sounds <laughs> good. he did not respond. No, neither confirm nor deny. Deny. So I okay. guess I have to go back and get some more. So I want to say, but listen, Ghost Town, you know, if you have a service, if you do something, let us know. We'll talk about yeah, it. We don't care. We want to help. If you had a small, if you're the CEO of Jeff Motorola, Bezos, yeah, step off. Yeah, we don't want to promote you. If you're the CEO of Nike, well, talk to us, please. Uh, <laughs> Can but, you promote us? But maybe we won't want to promote your small business. But if you have a small business or if you're just working and doing your thing, we get yeah. it. Yeah, we would love to. We would love to talk about it, and especially if you're a patron. Oh my god, we'll give you well, yeah. the royal treatment. You will get VIP. And I've said that before. People don't like to talk about themselves, though. It's Mm-mm. weird. Mm-mm. They don't want to talk about what. They do, or they just are just like, hey, we're just happy to support, but mm-hmm. we want to amplify your message. I'm forcing you to promote your thing. Small businesses, especially, we love LA, but a- anywhere. I just think if, if we can help, we want to. And Zach, I, w- I want a tattoo from you. You need a I'm, Zach attack. I need a Zach attack. I need to be Zach attacked. Yeah. Immediately. So that sounds incredible. The tattoos look very cool. They're on my Instagram at the Jason Horton. Mm-hmm. Check it out. One's a cover up. You'll know which one's the cover up. <laughs> You'll know because it's huge. It's very it's a huge amount of ink. It took very a lot large. of time. It terrifying. was very painful. I'm not tough. It's terrifying looking in terms of the pain. I'm a baby, Zach. Well, what's weird about it is, is they're just temporary. So they definitely just go away after a few months. Right, <laughs> Zach? Hello? Uh-oh. I guess just like. Tattoos are all temporary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes weight loss is temporary. And sometimes not, but we don't care because we're talking about the pain these people have endured. Let's get back to 1982 when David became Shane's camp director. But everyone knew that Selma was still the owner and still in charge. To keep Diana and David under her thumb, Selma was always dangling the prospect of them owning the camp or parts of it. In 1987, Diana gave birth to a son. According to Leslie and David, Selma did not like her daughter's attention divided, so she fired Diana and cut off her health insurance. David stayed on at the camp, which created a deep rift between the two siblings. By 1988, things became worse. The culture embraced diet and exercise mania, and so did the camp. Lifeguards hurled cans of diet soda into the pool to lure hesitant swimmers into the water. Adult counselors regularly hooked up with underage campers. The camp had something called a pig-out room, where the counselors from Europe, who were not used to the starvation tactics at the camp, could go and gorge themselves on junk food. 
The door to the pigout room would be open so that starving kids could watch the fit Europeans go hard on candy, sandwiches, etc. The more affluent kids had it easier. They could access the candy black market at the camp where you could pay $25 for a Snickers smuggled in by friends of campers or trade your Air Jordans for a Butterfinger. That's a real story. In 1987, David got married and his attitude towards the camp changed. If Selma wanted him to continue working, he told her, she needed to give him shares and turn over controlling interest within a decade. So Selma agreed. David was concerned she would renege on the agreement, especially after he refused to relocate to the camp year-round. What happened next is contested. David says that in the spring of 1991, his mother sent the sheriff to evict him, his wife, and their one-year-old son from the house they had on the campgrounds. But in later litigation, Selma says that during the critical hiring window before camp began in April, David just upped and quit. Whatever happened, Selma and Irving sued, seeking to invalidate their earlier agreement. According to court documents, David then leveraged his minority shareholder status to file for Camp Shane's dissolution. There was a lot of back and forth after this, and in the end, David agreed to buy the camp for $1.2 million. Selma soon had second thoughts, though, and moved to block the sale in a civil suit. In an affidavit filed in 1992, David wrote that Selma had told him she would, quote, put the camp out of business rather than sell it to me. A judge soon upheld the sale agreement and David became the camp's owner, while Selma and Irving continued living across the street. David decided to take the camp to the next level, enrolling anyone who could pay the camp's now $2 million a year in profits. The camp was overloaded, the cafeteria began offering its meager meals in shifts, and by 1995, Shane had 400 kids. Selma again, who lived across the street to see it all, was livid that the camp was still doing well and was committed to making her son's life hell. On visiting day, she would call the police to have the camper's parents ticketed. Selma stole enrollment lists from the office, and those on the list ended up at a rival weight loss camp. Selma even set her own house on fire and called the fire department on herself hoping to frame her son. That July, the New York State Department of Health received a letter from an anonymous writer who cast herself as the concerned mother of a child at Camp Shane. The writer complained of overcrowding and poor food quality, and also alleged that a 12-year-old girl had been sodomized by a kitchen employee's son, saying, quote, please condemn the camp before our kids are hurt. The letter was unusually detailed, setting enrollment figures, bunk square footage, and health inspection dates. Everyone knew it was Selma. In 2000, the camp was audited by the IRS, tipped off by another anonymous call. Even still, it was at its peak at 500 campers a summer, enrolling celebrity kids and netting $2 million a year for David. In 2002, the MTV documentary series True Life aired an episode filmed at the camp, and the cult comedy Heavyweights was filmed there too, giving the camp another big surge in enrollment. In September 2004, David pleaded guilty to felony tax evasion. The government said he'd failed to report more than $120,000 renting the camp to school and church groups. The crime could have meant up to 14 months in prison, but the judge took pity on him, considering David's work at Camp Shane a, quote, noble project. He sentenced David to four years of probation, 400 hours of community service, and also ordered him to pay almost $60,000 in restitution fees and give out 50 scholarships to underprivileged kids for four years. The conviction led to the American Camp Association pulling its accreditation the second time after a 2001 withdrawal for poor reviews and poor inspection results. Still, David decided to go national himself with the camp, renting dorm space at universities and private schools for satellite locations in Arizona, California, Georgia, Texas, and Wisconsin. In 2011, Kelsey Snelling, a senior at Ithaca College in upstate New York, took a job as an arts and crafts counselor at Camp Shane. 
It was $550 for 11 weeks, plus room and board, a $275 travel stipend, and a $275 completion bonus. Low, but in her mind, a job was a job. When she arrived, the camp was a mess. She hauled garbage, repaired roofs, and unclogged toilets. When the kids arrived, most of her job was navigating the complete emotional breakdowns she was seeing all around her. She'd witness kids cutting themselves, purging, and worse. If they didn't come with eating disorders, they left with them, Snelling says of the kids. She developed a binging habit of her own, locking herself in a cabin to gorge on potato chips, Oreos, and granola bars, all dipped in Nutella. She spent her entire salary and more on food that supplemented the cheap, processed diet food of the camp. At that point, Selma's health was declining and dementia was setting in. She stopped eating and was not put on a feeding tube by her guardians. On August 10th, 2012, at age 88, she died. None of her kids attended her funeral as they weren't notified of her death until the day after her funeral. In her will, Selma wrote, quote, For reasons known to me and the members of my family, I have not made any provision for the benefit of my children. She left $1 million to Amit Children, a Jewish charity beloved by her friend Hetty Thumb, who died in a car accident with Selma at the wheel. $7.6 million of her remaining assets went to the establishment of the Selma and Irving Edinburgh Foundation. It would have two executive directors paid $100,000 a year, Levine and Tanner, her accountant and a former camp counselor who served as her guardian in her later years. In 2014, enrollment at Camp Shane was dwindling as the horrific conditions of the camp had finally spread in a more permanent way. After the current camp director left, David came back to manage the camp's day-to-day operations. It was worse than ever. The camp leaked sewage regularly, and self-harm like cutting became a widespread camp activity, with the plastic kitchen knives being the tool of choice. The camp was horribly understaffed, and during the summer of 2017, serious problems arose at a satellite location in Franklin Springs, Georgia. A 15-year-old autistic boy was raped by an older camper repeatedly throughout the summer. Eventually, the older camper pleaded guilty to one felony count of second-degree cruelty to children. In January 2019, David sold the property his mother had spent $50,000 on to buy half a century earlier at $6.3 million. Before it closed down in 2021, yes, this year, Camp Shane ran out of a private school in Connecticut, averaging about 70 campers. In its last years, it navigated the pandemic and lawsuits by two former campers who were sexually abused by the camp's theater director in the 1980s. But again, it's closed now, and its legacy is mostly horrible, as you'd imagine. You can go on Facebook and find tons of terrible Camp Shane reviews, personal and horrific stories of how kids were treated there. I won't read them here because I probably said enough and want to preserve some of the few and far between good things about this camp. Nature, finding love, Nutella, what else? Just listening to the relationship between Selma and David. Yeah. It sounds David was Kind of created from Selma. Totally. And he did give up his music career. He did put the time in. But also, and this is not a new story, greed. How many people can we fit in here? Mm-hmm. And how much money can we save doing it? And that's pretty universal. Maybe the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in that sense. There's At some point, it's not the mother's fault anymore, especially since she's passed away and mm-hmm. you're still trying to make as much money and be as successful as possible. Just thinking about it, it's like there's a missing thing here is somebody to emotionally navigate the children. It needs some therapy about why do you overeat? What is your relationship with food? And that's missing. Mm -hmm. I can see through the years that diet crazes and, and 
people's obsession with weight, which is not new. Everyone's totally. obsessed with weight loss or gain or, or body image. But I also, you know, see that as the internet really prevails, more information is out there, maybe less need for a camp or they don't keep up with, hey, let's make this a more progressive, modern mm-hmm. camp. Yeah, it's weight loss, but it's not, we're going to starve you because it sounds like a good idea, but their their goal is in seven weeks, how thin yeah. can these kids be? Not how much weight can they lose in a healthy amount of time? It's really just a results-based thing and got to be tough and it's got to be torture despite the love aspect, the romanticized aspect of it. And this is even like when I was growing up, like this feels like such a vestigial element of doing this for your own good and not taking into account trauma, psychological, mental, physical trauma. And I I feel in, in many ways... Yeah, the exposure of people's stories around this help not perpetuate camps in places like this, which is wonderful, but you can't take back the damage done to to these kids who trusted, like many of the things we've talked about on this show. You're putting, you're a parent and you're putting, you know, this off, but perhaps well-meaning thing on your kid to to go to a camp and they can lose weight or be healthy or whatever, like whatever you think in your head is happening, but you're entrusting your kid to these people that are greedy and horrible and then letting your kid become traumatized in a multitude of ways. And frankly, not what qualifies them. Yeah. You have the the business acumen to open a place up, renting Mm -hmm. things, but that doesn't make you qualified for making people lose weight. He's just doing things. Anyone could be that if you're like, well, I'm going to lock you in this closet for the majority of the day and you'll have access to food for 10 minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're probably going to lose weight too. Totally. It's just it's heartbreaking to think about and even worse that it was perpetuated from a different generation, like from one to the next, which is again not new but very hard to hear. Glad it's closed. Holy shit. I'm glad hopefully that we're in a different place where we can examine this stuff in a much more critical and kinder way. I have some Air Jordans. Can you exchange them for a Butterfinger? (laughs) I'll see what I can do. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.